Have you guys ever thought about what would actually happen if you had to use jujitsu to save your life? This man that I am about to introduce actually had to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend and jujitsu brown belt, Mr. Daniel Carrier. What's up, Dan? Hey, Rose. Thanks for having me, man. So, Dan, what happened, buddy? Oh, man. Uh, it was about two Saturdays ago, and uh, I got a little confrontation with my roommate, but he's actually one of my friends that I grew up with since maybe like 11. So I knew that my friend was going through issues, you know, throughout his life. So I was like, you know, basically the main person that was helping him throughout his his trials and tribulations. So, you know, Saturday, I'm waking up. I was actually woken up by him, by him, like, you know, blasting uh, his TV on his highest setting. So I went to, you know, confirm him about it. This is something that that hasn't, I mean, that actually has happened many times before. So I was like, hey, you know, let's go to the kitchen. Let's talk about it again. So, you know, I'm talking about the whole thing with uh, stop blasting, you know, the, the radio, your TV, I'm trying to sleep because at eight o'clock, I have to be at work. So, out of nowhere, he he obviously smells like alcohol, and then he turns around. He goes, you know, he's very conversational. He goes, Danny, want you to kill me now? And I'm like, you know, I'm confused. I'm like, you know, we we're just over here just talking, having some conversation. But then again, I already know that you know I smoked alcohol up on him. So then he turns around and he says, I don't care about my life. I want to die. And then he takes the knife and he pulls out his arm, puts it on the counter, and he starts to stab himself what? right right in the arm. No, no joke. So then at that point, when I, you know, witnessed that, there's two things that basically came to my mind. Number one, he's, his issue is a little bit more serious than I had thought. So at that point, there's something, that, you know, I can't help him. So, and the second uh, thing that came to my mind was now I know why his ex-wife is an ex-wife. So when, you know, he, he just started bleeding all over the, the, the house, it was very, dis- very disturbing. So then I was trying to hold his arm away from me because then he's trying to come at me and he's like, oh, uh, fight me, fight me. So I'm trying to hold his arm away from me because I don't want that blood up on me. So all of a sudden I just pushed him away and then he went to his room on the, on the opposite end of the house. So then I called the cops because, you know, I saw him stab himself and I saw how much blood was coming out. So then I was on the phone with the EMS and I said, hey, you know, I need some assistance. I need the cops. I need also need the EMS to come. I have a roommate who's suicidal. So then, um, you know, we were just going through everything, the description, everything, so what happened. So they're like, oh, go to his room and see if he's okay. So then me being a good friend, you know, just looking out for his best interest, I go in a room and I open his door and there's like, uh, he has some female that I never saw before. So then it started to, to click, right? So he's just basically doing it as an act, maybe to, you know, make himself look good in front of a girl, whatever. So then I go in there and I, I see him and then he's wrapping his arm. So I tell the EMS, I'm like, oh, I think he's he's fine. So he's screaming, like, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. Then he pushes the door while I'm, I'm in, like, you know, in the middle of it. So I push it back. So then he gets up. So then I back up into the living room. And then like, he takes the towel off his, his wrist. And then he chucks it somewhere. And then I saw him reach for something. So then auto- automatically, you know, I just finished seeing him stab himself in the arm. So the thing that came to my mind was he has a knife and he just came at me. So without even thinking, the only thing that I did was I just changed levels and I grabbed him, held him, you know, tight. And I just cut the corner, you know, belly to back suplex. We both went down. Um, when he was trying to get up, that's where I got up and I pushed him onto the couch. And then I got on top of him and then I put my uh, rear naked choking. So then I was just squeezing, squeezing. 
and then Houston, and they're, you know, trying to tap. And I just made sure that I didn't want to, like, you know, tap them out fully unconscious, but I felt the body get a little weak. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me just ease up on the, on the choke. So I reached my back pocket because, you know, I just finished calling the EMS. But then the phone is, <laughs> is on the opposite end of the uh, living room because, you know, when we both, when I slammed him. So I'm like, fuck, you know, now how am I supposed to get the phone? So also I'm calling the girl that he had inside his room. And I'm like, hey, come come out. So she comes out and she's completely stuck. She's completely frozen. She sees the blood. She sees, you know, him in the rear naked choke and she's not doing anything at all. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm hearing the doorbell ring and it's obviously, it has to be the, uh, the cop. I'm like, listen, go downstairs and open the door. She's not moving. So all of a sudden, you know, he's trying to, you know, break free. So I just soften him up a little bit with some punches and then I put the rear naked choke in again. And then all of a sudden, that's when I saw like the cops, they came inside the door. It was like probably like three or four and had the riot shield. And then when they saw everything that happened, it was like, what the fuck is this? You know, this shit, shit was crazy. So I got up off him and then pulled him down. Wow. <laughs> he took him. Wow, that's crazy. So when you took him down, did he have a, a yeah. knife or a weapon in his it's, hand? It's, it's, it's a crazy story. Yeah. Did he have a weapon when uh, you took him down? When, <laughs> I didn't see the weapon. Dude, but like like I said before, like when he when we was inside of his room, mm-hmm. right? When I saw him scalp the towel across his wrist, I saw him reaching for something, or maybe he he put the towel down. But like I said before, I just saw him stab himself a couple of times. So when he came at me, the only thing that was in my mind was like he he must have the knife. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, that's you just when saw him like, with I, changed, a, I changed levels. Yeah, you just saw him stab himself. So it's like, jeez, yeah, you know. It, yeah, it, and it's it, it's crazy because. After he stabbed himself, he had the knife in his hand and he took it back to the room. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take no chances. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. So, what was going through your mind? You, know, you, and, uh, it, you know, you know that saying where you, you know, your training just kicks in. So, did you have that experience the minute you guys made contact? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's it's just so crazy because uh, you know, I've been training for about eight years you know, uh, and jujitsu. And I was just amazed at how the body reacts under stressful conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, like when he came at me, it was just the bike just reacted, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's when the, the, the training actually did kick in. And I, I do remember uh, Paul Schneider when he had one of his classes, but he was actually doing a, a basic combative for jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And I remember he was he was demonstrating when someone tries to punch you, you know, change change the levels, grab them, come as tight as as you can so that they won't, you know, be able to hit you, mm-hmm. and then cut cut the corner for their back. And it, I did exactly just like that. It was very natural. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear that. Um, you know that it actually works in real life situations, especially you know, geez, that's like freaking scary. One of my biggest fears is like getting stabbed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I remember, I think it was Advin or maybe it was Spencer or Orlando. And then they was like, you know, this is why we train jujitsu. And, you know, I kind of lost, lost touch in why it was that I actually started training jujitsu. You know, because I actually went for it, you know, to defend myself. But, you know, being around you guys, you know, and being around the competitors, I kind of lost focus in that. And the whole mindset was just on like straight competing, competing, competing. So then when I got into the altercation with my roommate, it was like, you know, I got brought back to why it was that I got a bubble BJ in the first place. Yeah, totally. So it's very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting because 
in my experience, I've had several altercations in the streets myself, but yeah, you immediately go, you know, like I have boxing, but like when you, I've had altercations in the past where I punched somebody and, you know, I may have won the battle, but I lost the war. So for example, I punched someone and I accidentally hit them in the, in the tooth. And then next thing you know, I chipped my, the bone on my knuckle. And so my hands just screwed up for the next couple of months. But in jujitsu, it's like, I immediately go for the takedown and I immediately went for the neck. I I did that several times um, because I am a ratchet individual. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) very ratchet. (laughs) I'm trying to curb curb that. Um, Oh, I've curbed that actually. And because, uh, don't quote me on this, but I did a podcast with a lawyer and they said, you know, doing a rear naked choke or anybody doing a choke, someone in New York state, um, or just in New York, it's kind of like a, a, a higher level of assault. I don't know. Mm. So. But you see, that's where the, uh, the discipline kicks in because, you know, as I was choking him, it was like, you know, I had enough discipline to not put him out completely. Right. And enough, and, and, and enough discipline to not seriously hurt him. And that's one of the, the joys of uh, training jujitsu, right? Yeah. yeah. Because you don't, you don't have to beat the shit out of someone until they're a bloody pulp. Right. You could just control the situation and just wait until, you, you know, the, uh, maybe the police comes or someone can help you. Mm. So it's very reassuring that you can actually, you know, live a, a, a life knowing that you can defend yourself without trying to physically right. hurt somebody. Right. So obviously this affected your, uh, living situation and, you know, you're probably moving, moving out. Um, you know, sorry to hear that during this pandemic, et cetera. And that probably ended the relationship as far as friends, a friend of yours since 11. So, uh, yeah, correct. Our relationship is is pretty much done after that, after this altercation that I had with him. Yeah. But I'm going to go back to being the same again. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in a way you kind of like save them too. You know what I mean? It's like, it could have been worse. Like if you were not Correct. trained and you were freaking Correct. out, I don't know, worse things could have happened. Yeah. You know, I remember like, you know, they, they say about the fight or flight. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, God forbid that let's say for example, if I didn't have that level of training, you know, training with, with, with you training with, you know, all the rest of the uh, crew, how about if I just froze up right? and you know, no telling what he may have done. Because remember, he he definitely was intoxicated, right? And he's not in his in his right mind. Mm. So in a sense, you know, jujitsu really did save my life. Do you th- and his as, as as well. Do you think drugs were involved as well, on top of the alcohol? I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past him. Mm-hmm. You, you know, um, I know his his, his history. Uh, I know that you know he he does do it, mm-hmm. but I'm not. 100% sure if it was yeah. that specific night, but definitely the alcohol, you know, when the cops came in, they went inside this room. I mean, alcohol was all over the place, bottles, everything. It was, it was very horrible. But, um, and you could just smell the alcohol on yeah, him. Yeah. And, and for, for our listeners, uh, and I do know you, and you're not like, you know, outside of jujitsu, you're already a trained person. I mean, can you tell everyone what you do for a living or is that private? Yeah, that's private. Okay, got it. Because uh, I do yeah. know that you're um, you're a trained individual in the arts of weapons, weaponry. Correct. Okay. Correct. So Correct. you're you're not someone that's kind of like easily startled, but at the same time, you had to use jujitsu in this in this situation. So it's it's kind of uh, impressive. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, I, I think that you know, I think the, uh, the 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 level of training that we've had over the years, you know, because it, it very could have uh, ended up in a different situation. Yeah. Totally. So, guys, keep yeah. training because you never know when you have when you actually have to use jujitsu. You know. Any exactly. Any advice or suggestions um, in situations like this in the future for our listeners, uh, Dan? Uh, yeah, just just stick to the basics. You know, the the basics really really work. You know, um, you know, being on a, a high level in jujitsu, we tend to forget the basics. You know, we want to do this, do, do the moves that's the technique that's more uh, impressive, stuff that looks flashy. But in real life situations, the basics really work. So, you know, anyone who's, who's listening or inspired to train, just stick to the basics yeah. and train every day because yeah. you never know when you might need it. Dropping some jewels, guys. Dropping some jewels on the floor. Go pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, exactly. well, I'm really glad to hear that you're safe and um, definitely I'll, I'll keep everybody informed as far as, you know, your progression and so on as far as... Uh, living situation <laughs> or not. Thanks, bro. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for, uh, you know, for you allowing me again, once again, to, to share my story on the Ratchet Dojo. <laughs> no, man. It's, it's, I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, it's like we always think about like what would happen, you know, I mean, living in New York City, fuck, man. Yeah, correct. Anything could fucking happen at any moment. So you got to yeah. be ready. It's crazy. Exactly. Especially Don't get caught off guard. Yeah, man. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, man, that was a short one, but a sweet one. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Uh, for those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is Ratchet Dojo, Rota Show, signing out. And remember, even I and everyone can get a little ratchet. Peace. Peace.